You get it, right? No, that was about as clear as mud. You need to make it simpler. You're doing too much. Hey, this is Michelle Spivey, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So please join me on the flip as we open up a life skills training. Yes, I want to ask you, have you got the wayfinding skill? I'll see you on the flip. Ah, yes, good old life skills training. Well, you know what? It's time that we just go on and get into it. And today, I'm going to be talking to you about a skill that I have taken for granted because I have seen it uh, being worked to expert execution all my life. But now, I am not so sure that it is as common as I once thought. So, I want to ask you, do you have the wayfinding skill? Now, I was reminded of this skill uh, when I was reading one of Seth Godin's blogs, and he talked a little bit about it. And, you know, as he does, he gives you just a few little things to get your your juices going and your mind going. And he was talking about the wayfinding skill. And in my neck of the woods, we called it the making a way out of no way skill. (laughs) And through the years... My grandmother, my mother, and me and siblings and people I know, we have had to use that skill because if you didn't, you perished. And as I said before, I thought that everybody had it. But there are times, even when you have it, that you need to be reminded, you need to be supported, and maybe you need to get some updated tips, skills, and yes, wisdom. So let's dig into it because I got a lot I'm going to cover today. So this is going to be a dense one. Um, You may want to rewind this one and listen to some of the stuff that I'm going to be talking about because uh, yeah, it's like that. So without further ado, let's get into it. So the wayfinding skill, what is it? What it is, is when you are faced with uh, issues, problems, situations, scenarios that demand that you have to go beyond what is readily available or apparent to you, you have to dip into this skill to create something. What it means is that you are going to find a way to do something that you've never done before. All right. So that's really what it is. Knowing and doing something that you've never done before. And in order to do that, some people might say, oh, it's magic. And some people might say, well, you you have to get someone who's already done it. But what if you have time constraints or anything else that prevents you from trying to get help? and every door is closed to you. You still have to have the skill because things still have to get done. All right, so I'm going to I'm going to try to make this where it makes a little sense because like I said, there's a lot I want to get in here and there's a lot I'm, I'm not going to be able to get into, but this is to get you started on either developing this skill, upping this skill, or create, you know, just flat out introducing yourself to this skill. And one of the biggest things I want to say is this is, the skill that you use when there is no help coming. You know there's no help coming or you've tried and no help is available to you. This is that skill when your back is against the wall and everybody has told you, I'm sorry, bro, I can't help. You know, things are tight on me too. And you still got to make a way out of no way. All right. So the first thing is, is when you are when you find yourself having to employ this skill to activate it, to level it up or whatever, I want you to start looking for common threads, 
seeing possibilities and taking action on things you've never done before. And you can do that before stuff pops off. You can do, I used to call them faith exercises to extend and build my faith in myself and in in thinking that when I decided something was going to work out, it was going to work out. And I could give you a lot of examples on that, but I mean, I think that's pretty self-explanatory because I'm going to give you some examples on some other stuff because we got to, we got to roll people. We got to get through this. So that's the first thing. So when you are wanting to do this, the first thing you can do is when you're not pressed, when things are not bearing down on you, I want you to start shaping your environment and, and yourself to start seeing common threads of stuff that you need to work on, uh, seeing possibilities and taking actions on things you've never done before. And when I say common threads, I'm talking about those weak spots, vulnerabilities and areas of attack where you are defenseless, whether it be in relationships, in finance, in health, uh, in your tangible survival, like your home, your car. If you can identify any kind of vulnerabilities, those are going to be some common threads to tell you areas where you might be susceptible to needing to use this skill. And then looking for seeing possibility. So say, for instance, you've got a car and there are major repairs that are needing to be done. This would be an opportunity for you to use this wayfinding skill to get those uh, things done. Okay. Uh, House repairs, um, relationship in the dumps, uh, financial issues, uh, um, health situations. Uh, Maybe you've put on way too much weight and you're really starting to feel it to the point where people are looking at you like, "Uh, dude, you know, so wayfinding skills. All right. And taking action on them. So the next thing is, is I want to just say this, that these are some shortcuts and I'm going to talk about real quick before I get into, yeah, I got you, how to develop the skill. So the majority of what our time together is going to be is talking about how to develop the skill. But I'm, I'm now going to give you some more little tidbits about uh, things to know about it. So uh, the next thing is, is I want you to start getting an understanding of what is going to be the most valuable information and knowledge that you're going to need to use. For you, the valuable information is going to be different from someone else. And the thing about the wayfinding skill is that it is so customized to just you specifically that a lot of times people can't really help you. And I think it is made that way by design, by some grand mastery of life, of the life that you're supposed to lead, the cards that you've been dealt and how you're supposed to fix some stuff. All right. So with that, I've talked about this, this next thing I'm going to say next, but I really want to bring it up again. And that is, I want you to start learning how to tap into the three O's. Now the three O's are really big because we normally, um, attribute them to God-like status, uh, in, in that they have the word omni in them. And omni means all, everything. And so the three O's are omnipotence, which is meaning that it's all powerful, omnipresence, all being, or being everywhere, and omniscience, all knowing, or knowing everything. 
And so being able to tap into this, and when I say tap into it, that's what I mean, you guys. I'm not talking about some woo-woo. I am talking about being willing to pray, have faith, meditate. And I don't care if you have a religion or not. There are just some things that until we can figure out exactly what happens, we tap into some extra help, some extra guidance uh, far and above or outside of our own knowledge that in times where you can muster up some emotion, it fuels this these petitions. And so I you know I, you'll hear me say universe and, and those types of things, but that's what we're talking about. We're talking about prayer. Uh, meditation. Some people fast so that they can get a clearer or more direct path to those, those helps, those deities, and even the power that you need to fuel uh, your petitions, your prayers, and and all of that. Okay. So uh, what I'm going to say is this, tap into it because I'm just, you, you know what, when it comes time, when you have to have this wayfinding skill, you need all the help you can get and nothing is off the table except for illegal stuff. Okay. So there you go. So let me go back and repeat the, the, the little stuff that I wanted to tell you about this wayfaring skill, because the rest of this time we're going to be talking about how to develop it. So the first thing is, is start to get ready before it happens. It's just common sense, but this is what wisdom says. You know, you have vulnerabilities in your life. So start working on them now. And the way you do that is first and foremost, do a diagnostic. Look at some common threads that tell you in your specific life, some areas where you're compromised or vulnerable or defenseless, or you know your stuff is is janky. You know it's raggedy and you know it's not right. And those are the areas that you want to first start working on. Then you want to start looking to see new possibilities that you can take action on that you've never done before to start whittling away at these things. The next thing is, is to figure out what is the most valuable information, knowledge, and even wisdom that you're going to need. And you need to start acquiring it, learning it, doing it, even if you, if you need to pay for it, pay for it. You know, uh, I'm blessed that a lot of people come to me because I am, thankfully, a successful uh, life strategy coach. And I help people that way. I help people, bus- you know, businessly, and I help people from a counseling way to help them with their mental and emotional wiring. Use people like me. Make use of those resources if you, if you need to, okay? And then the next thing is, is tap into those three O's. Oh, yes, you can do this by meditation, prayer. You can even do it through journaling. I've talked about journaling. And understand that there is a way to tap into the all-powerful, all-being, and all-knowing to help you come up with new ways to solve uh, your pressing issues. Because when the time comes, it's it's almost too late if the time comes where you need the wayfinding skill, you know, the how to make a way out of no way skill. Yeah. So let's start with it now. So let me talk about how to develop the skill. All right. Put your, put your seatbelts on because we're about to roll. All right. So how to develop this skill? The first thing is, is of course, you need to be cognitively committed to the challenge. And when I say cognitively committed, that means that you need to consciously unconsciously do what it takes to build this skill in your life before you need it. So that means everybody under the sound of my voice, do it now. This is a wake-up call to do it now. So now that we've got that uh, settled, 
You got to get your mind right and you got to get ready. You got to get engaged. And I'm going to tell you something. People don't realize that there are two types of being where we're talking about you at any given time. There is the intentional part of you and there is the actual part of you. The intentional part of you is that part of you that at 10 o'clock at night after you've, you know, showered, gotten ready for bed and you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, you know what, I really need to do something. I'm I'm slacking, you know, I, I'm, I'm not as toned or not as strong or whatever it is. I don't like my appearance. And you say, yep, let me set my clock uh, an hour early so I can get up and get back on my groove and start exercising again. That's your intentional you. Your intentional you is really great. Gets you hyped up. And you are ready to go. So much so you set the clock. You lay your clothes out. You put your shoes by the door. You are ready to go. The actual you at four o'clock in the morning when you wake up or when the alarm tries to wake you up is like, "Mm -mm, no, can't never. I don't know what we were thinking. And you hit that snooze and you're like, I'll do it tomorrow or maybe I'll do it never. And so when we talk about getting cognitively committed to the challenge, this is marrying your intentional self with your actual self. All right. That's what I'm talking about as your first step. Bring them, bring them together. Have a very good, very good, seamless cohesiveness between them because you don't want one fighting the other. It is that is not the time for this. All right. So the next thing I want to talk tell you about when we're talking about developing this skill is to break down what is the real issue. And when I say that, The common threads that you might see, they may touch different areas of your life. But when you take the time to figure out what the real issue is, it may have nothing to do with money or relationship status or um, weight loss or health. It may have nothing to do with those things. It could possibly be that you have an organization problem. You are not a person who organizes or keeps yourself organized when you are under stress or under pressure. And having this little thing right here to understand when you're starting out to building your way-making skill is going to help you. Ask me how I know. You know, there were times when I didn't realize how did I always get into this situation or that situation. And it came down to the fact that I finally had to realize that I really needed to make the main thing the main thing. I really needed to take the time to figure out what the real issue was. And it had nothing to do with its symptoms because the cause a lot of times will throw out a lot of symptoms. And if you keep treating the symptoms, you never get to the cause and thus you will always need to have your way making skills. I guess maybe it's good because mine, I have had people tell me your way making skill level is out the roof. (laughs) And like I said before, so maybe in hindsight, it worked that I spent all that time working on symptoms instead of, uh, causes. But I'm going to tell you, if you can, please just work on what is the real thing. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to a book real quick. And uh, it has nothing to do with this, but you know how I do. I I see little nuggets and we put them together. And so the name of the book is, and y'all forgive me because y'all know I don't use any kind of swear words in this podcast, but it's the name of the book. And it's called Badass Your uh, Your Brand. Badass Your Brand, The Impatient Entrepreneur's Guide to Turning Expertise into Profit. It's a quick little book. And if you don't watch it, when you read through it, you'll think, oh, it's light. It's deep. I mean, not deep at all. It's, I, you know, I already know this. But she really does have some 
great ways of taking you through where she and her partner were against the wall and they needed to figure out how to make money. And they didn't have a lot of resources or options because their backs were against the wall. And so I bring this book up because she talks about something that I think is very important for the next thing I want to tell you about when you're developing this skill. And that is to simplify what you do for clarity and others will then support it. A lot of times we are so familiar with our situation, like I talked about in the A part, it makes clear sense to us. But when we talk to somebody else, they're confused. And as I said yesterday, a confused mind is immobile. A confused mind cannot move. And so you don't want to confuse others because that's actually a good indicator that you think you know what your situation is, but you don't. Because if and when you do, you're able to get down to the nitty gritty of simplifying and clarifying so that there is no no ability to lose anything in translation. There's no ambiguity and everything is um, straight as narrow. So that's the next thing. And that's why I'm I'm giving a shout out to that book by uh, her name is Pia Silva, um, because I think she did a good job in the book talking about what they did. And, you know, just just so you know, she offered a lot of packages uh, to her clients and the packages involved a whole bunch of stuff. But when she started a la carting some things, uh, the business picked up and the a la carte she was able to sell more of them and they were still able to deliver the quality of them. So she ended up making more money by selling uh, lesser amounts because those things made sense to her clients and they knew specifically what they were getting and they weren't confused and they didn't have to overspend so that they were able to directly work with her on the things they specifically needed. So that's that was that part that I wanted to bring out. But it's a really good book and I encourage you to get it. All right. So the next thing with that is, as you can possibly say, tell, that I like to do this and I'm going to share it with you. And that is to seek out inspiration from others and what they're doing and make sure it's in different areas. I'm not a branding kind of person. I mean, I help people with that um, as part of getting them, you know, Uh, if we're doing business stuff, but that's not my bread and butter. And so I learn from people like Pia Silver and I learn from folks like I'm really digging um, this coding guy. uh, I'll call his name in a minute from Code Academy and uh, being able to learn from what he's doing to, you know, help people problem solve and, and to do, as I say, scratch where folks are itching. So do that. Don't think that if I have to solve a a money flow problem that I should only go and seek out uh, folks who are uh, money people. No, you could possibly learn something from an artist or um, a designer because goodness knows if they have stayed in business for any amount of time, they've learned a thing or three about how to manage cash flow and money money issues. So there's just always inspiration everywhere, all right? So I have an example here uh, that I actually used and, I'm gonna, and y'all are gonna be like, Michelle, really? Yes, really. So my example was I needed money. And I mean, come, come on, that's, that's an obvious low-hanging wayfinding uh, skill that you need, okay? And so I'm gonna tell you, I, I was doing what I knew to do and I was doing all the stuff that people, you know, 
tell you to do, go learn how to to invest, go do this, go do that. And I happened to be watching um, some videos. This was years ago. I happened to be watching some videos. Um, I think I had purchased them on how to make some, you know, stuff. And there was this one little breakout class that talked about recipe creation and then recipe substitution. And my grandmother had taught me a little bit of this when she was teaching me how to cook, but it was um, it was a refresher with a few other added things in. And the section on recipe substitutions, it had... If the recipe calls for buttermilk, then you do this. If the recipe calls for uh, cream of tartar, then you can use this. And it went on down. And then it had a third column that was brilliant. It told why these things would help. And it gave why they are uh, um, may not be as effective. And by me going through that, I started seeing and getting inspiration of man, I'm chasing after money where I could probably substitute. And it wasn't just bartering or any of that kind of stuff. I started learning things like do stuff for free. And then uh, I, I didn't know, I didn't, I didn't know it at the time, but I was learning this, the godfather and godmother skill. And that is where you do stuff for people, not really even expecting anything from them, but you do those things and you get in the habit of doing those things. And guess what? When the time comes, not if, but when the time comes, if you are ever in need, they are the ones ready to help because you have already been there for them so much. Uh, remember when I talked about uh, the Black Godfather on Netflix, uh, Clarence Avant, and I even talked about the the Godfather trilogy movies. It's the same concept here, and I talked about it as the um, uh, a type of power that you can have. So that still works. And that really helps to build your way making uh, skills. Because think about it. If you become a grand networker, which this is, you have a repository, a Rolodex, if you will, to use an old term, of resources at your disposal. And because you work those resources to help people meet each other, to help people do stuff, when it comes your time, they're going to be less likely to say no than they are to say yes. And so it's kind of almost look like look at it as an insurance policy. And that is how I gleaned to start seeking out inspirations from different areas because of something as simple as learning how to do recipe substitutions got me thinking of ways to um, figure out when I need monies quickly by networking and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Okay. So the next thing is, is I want you, and this is going to sound weird, but I want you to understand the difference between a perimeter and an area. So if you remember in um, geometry, just basic geometry of calculating um, the area, circumference, radius, and all that kind of stuff, don't roll your eyes. This is important information because we're only going to be dealing with area and perimeter. What I have found with regards to the way making skill is that a lot of people get stuck trying to figure out the area that they have to cover instead of just paying attention to the perimeter. And how I'm I'm coming to this is think about this. Quick refresher. <laughs> area cal- calculations are always going to be larger than perimeter because the area takes into account every piece of land or or surface or mass or area in whatever it is you're calculating. 
So if your world consists of you trying to generate uh, income to, to move, you know, to move, the area of that is going to uh, include money for for moving, money for buying a home or renting, money for um, new um, uh, furnishings and all this kind of stuff, right? That's the whole area. And so when you calculate it, that's, that's a daunting task, right? But if you just look at the boundary, the perimeter, and you look at, I'm going to move, and you figure out what the boundaries are to you moving, I don't need you to calculate that. You know what I need you to do? I need you to just step over the fence of the boundary of all the stuff contained in your move. And I want you to look at the next things. And so the next thing, what is the next thing outside of moving? If you want to, you can look at what does life look like once I've moved? What does life look like when I'm in, you know, the, the place of my dreams? Uh, what what area is it in? What what things will I uh, be able to do or know or see or whatever? And just by doing that, you could possibly start looking at uh, going out and seeking out places and people and telling them, I'm thinking about coming into this area. What do I need to know? You know, how do I get my foot in? Who do I need to talk to? How do, and what you're doing is you're learning how by just going outside of the perimeter, you're learning how to make the area that you have to deal with um, palatable. You're being able to control it. Um, I, I remember dealing with folks who had kids going off to college and they were so busy focused on the area, they hadn't considered the area outside of the perimeter. Like, going and talking to uh, parents that were listed uh, for the university that were willing to give free information on not only what to expect, but how to get help with this or that. Uh, One lady, and this was a few years ago, one lady told me, she said, do you realize there is a free care package service I could sign up my kid to get? And they um, are local. She said, I got coupons and welcoming packages and all of this stuff to get him through his first year. And I was like, yeah, that's what happens when you are willing to stop focusing on the area you got to cover and then figure out what is that boundary? What, what, is, what is that perimeter around that area? And then step outside of that. I know this stuff might sound weird, but it works, you guys, trust me. And so after you start figuring out what's the perimeter of the situation, what are the edges to it? I then want you to start looking at personal growth opportunities. So now there is another book that I want to quickly shout out. And it actually is the second book um, from a first book. The first book is called Blue Ocean Strategy. But for today, I'm going to concentrate on the Blue Ocean Shift. And this book is by W. Chan Kim and Remy Renee Maborg. And they have like three ways to teach you how to do growth. Now, they talk about it with regards to sales and industry, but I've taken it and I've done this solid for you guys by breaking it down for when you're doing personal growth. And they talk about, I said three ways, but it's two two ways uh, with one of them getting two options and one of them getting a Uh, the other one. So they talk about disruptive creation and non-disruptive creation. Disruptive creation would be something like um, Netflix taking over where Blockbuster used to be. Uh, 
Non-disruptive creation would be something like Uber coming into the market where taxis still thrive. So disruptive, you totally put the previous out of business. Non-disruptive, you can coexist, okay? All right, so with that being said, if you're going to use disruptive creation to grow yourself, to be ready to do things, you need to look at offering some type of breakthrough solution for your existing problem. And that's where a lot of people get stuck because they think that this is the only way they're going to fix their problem is by doing something breakthrough. But you can also do this by just redefining and solving an existing problem. Now, this is the what I call the improvement or the better status. And I'm going to say that I would probably ask you to do something different because that can be very hard and it can take time. So what I'm going to say for, for sake of time Choose, if you can, the non-disruptive creative process. And that is where you identify and solve a new problem by seizing, or seizing, by seizing a new opportunity. So going back where I talked about uh, seeking out inspirations and going outside of the perimeter, that's what we're talking about here. So then the next thing is, is I want you to look at uh, what you know and uh, stop only trying to come up with suggestions of what you know, because that's got gotten you to this point and you see how it's worked out. So what you want to do is take that perimeter thinking, jump the fence and start looking at uh, um, adjacent options. And then I have four questions that I want you to consider. And I know this is a lot. I'm moving fast, but come on, you guys, you can do this. So the first thing is, is to look at what are the biggest blocks and the key reasons why they exist for why you can't do what you do or think that you can. The next one is, is how would you simplify uh, the main objective? How would you whittle down? What is the biggest convenience or reward that you could afford yourself? The next one is, is how can you lower the risk of the action to as low as possible so you don't freak out? And then the next one is, is how can you ensure that no one else needs to sacrifice or suffer for your efforts and your plans? That's going to be big. And so if you can tackle these questions, I want you to then use something that's called a reconciliation. And it's where you just remember something with a planned outcome. So you can take something that you failed at before, but this time you engineer a uh, winning solution. And then you observe that and take that as the launching pad for how you go about doing what it is that you do. So in my last few seconds, yes, I want to say if you want, you need to uh, do the way fearing, I mean, the way making skill is tap into the three O's, get some extra help outside of yourself, start reframing, get outside of the area and look at the perimeter and pass it, jump the fence, and then consider doing something that's different. And so with that, Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, Please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, 
uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.